Thanks for listening to the Church in the City podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and follow at Church in the City. I'm so excited to be sharing the word with you this morning. So thank you in anticipation of you listening. I hope that's okay to say. Um, Thank you to the elders for the huge privilege this is. To stand in this pulpit and to share my heart with you is such an honor. So thank you so much. I don't take it lightly. I have been so blessed in preparing this message, so much more in awe of God, and so blessed by the Father that we serve. He is a good God and so faithful. And like Steve said, he asked me to share about what I felt was on, the fut- what was on God's heart for our future. Some time ago, Steve shared a message. There's a little feedback. Is that me? Am I good? Steve shared a message, and in that message, he spoke about the difference between a sailboat and a rowing boat. And the sailboat needs to position itself to catch the wind versus a rowboat, which requires human effort. And he was making the point that the wind that the sailboat positions itself to catch is the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit bringing the power, the presence, and the provision of God in our lives. All we need to do in each season that we're in is make sure that we position ourselves to catch his wind. And with that in mind, I've entitled my message, Catching the Wind. Now, when I was preparing this, the image that kept coming to mind was the image of Mary Poppins. (laughs) And uh, Bert begins to share when the wind begins to change. And I have a quote from the movie that says, Winds in the east, mist coming in, like something is brewing and about to begin. Can't put me finger on what lies in store, but I feel what's to happen all happened before. I wish I could have sung that like Bert, but I can't. Church in the city, something is brewing and something is about to begin. God is whispering the promises of his heart to us, and we need to position ourselves to hear him. I really feel this is the season for us right now as a church. Now, I know you would say, as followers of Christ, isn't that what we should be doing? Shouldn't we always be positioning ourselves to listen? Yes, we should. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. What I'm talking about is I believe we're in a season where God's anointing is specifically here for us to inquire of him. I believe he's saying to us, position yourselves as individuals and as a church to hear what I'm saying, because I'm saying some things. We serve a God who speaks. We serve a God who reveals his heart. We serve a God who makes known and establishes his promises. We serve a God who starts what he finishes. I'm going to read a scripture You're welcome to turn to 1 Chronicles 17 with me, or you can read it on the screen behind. It's quite a lengthy piece of scripture, but it's absolutely beautiful. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, 
and he said, Who am I, Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me thus far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, my God, you have spoken about the future of the house of your servant. You, Lord God, have looked on me as though I were the most exalted of men. What more can David say to you for honoring your servant? For you know your servant, Lord. For the sake of your servant and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made known all these great promises. There is no one like you, Lord, and there is no God but you as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth whose God went out to redeem a people for himself and to make a name for yourself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. You made your people Israel your very own forever. And you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord, let the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house be established forever. Do as you have promised so that it will be established and that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, the Lord Almighty, the God over Israel, is Israel's God. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. You, my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build a house for him. So your servant has found courage to pray. You, Lord God, you, Lord, our God, you have promised these good things to your servant. Now you have been pleased to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, Lord, have blessed it and it will be blessed forever. This short passage of scripture beautifully reveals how God spoke so clearly when he, want David, when he wanted David to do something, to impact his people and the generations to come. You can see from the scripture that we serve a God who speaks. He reveals his promises. He makes known the things of his heart. So let's take courage this morning and as we go from this place to believe him that he will speak and we will have the courage to step out and do what he's asking us to do. We are in a season where God is asking to actively inquire of him, to intentionally ask him, and then to say, Lord, give me the faith and courage to step out and do what you're asking me to do. So what is in the wind for us, church in the city? Not the wind behind you trying to make you cool. The wind of God. I'm so sorry it's hot. I wish I could make it cool for you. I'm feeling it too, but I'm not going to be too long. When I prepared uh, this message, I took a number of weeks to prepare it. And whether it was on the airplane flying back from South Africa a couple weeks ago, or on my deck when the city was just waking up, or in Whole Foods with worship blaring in my ear, every time I asked God, what he wanted to say this morning. I felt him say this thing. I am not done. There is more. And I went for walks, to pray, to worship, the same thing. 
with an urgency in my spirit, like I want to explode. I wish I could shout it, but it would hurt your ears. God is saying there is more. God is saying he's not done. So what does more look like? I believe part of the more that God is wanting to give us, we've already seen in the series that we just completed called Exiles to Heirs. We heard about Nehemiah rebuilding the, the ruins of Jerusalem. And during that, that series, Steve shared a word that he felt was a word in season for us now at Church in the City. And he was praying and he saw a picture of one brick above ground. And he felt God say, it's time to build above ground. And I believe that that word is part of the more that God has for us. The theme of the series we just completed and the word in season for us, building above the foundations, is not a coincidence. We don't serve a random God. We serve a God who is specific. We serve a God who has every moment in the palm of his hand. This word of building above ground, building above the foundations, is part of a story and a thread that started about 15 years ago. For those of you who are new to this church, Steve and I left South Africa to plant a church 15 years ago. And that is when this story began. I want you to see something when I share this story. I want you to see how incredibly faithful our God is. That he never leaves us, nor forsakes us, that when he promises something and that when we partner with him in that promise, God is faithful to fulfill his word. And the point of tracing this story 15 years ago into the now is so that you guys will see that. More than anything, I want you to leave this place knowing that. We serve a faithful God who is invested in your life, he's invested in this church, He's been about his business from before we were born, and he is continuing to do all he wants to do. All we need to do is position ourselves and say, Lord, blow. Let your wind blow. Fifteen years ago, when we were trusting and praying that God would speak, it was a big move for us. We were leaving a nation to come to an unknown nation. We were cutting ties with family for what turned out to be eight years, we really wanted to hear God. Our call was being shaped. We were in a season of hearing God, and God was putting all the pieces together. He was bringing the specifics of what our call looked like. And when I say our call, I mean us. You are part of church in the city. God was bringing specifics because he's not a cookie-cutter God. Church in the city is unique. It's unique because of who we are. It's unique because of who we've been called to reach. It's unique because of who God has added to us. Look around you. We are each in a different season, but we are each called to be here right now, part of this family. God has added you to this family for a reason. And when I was praying, I felt God say, some of you need to hear these words. You belong. You belong because God has added you. It is not coincidence that you have found your way here. 
You are all in a different season, but you are all here for the same reason. And as I progress in what I'm sharing, and as we leave this place, I'm asking of you to stand alongside us as we inquire of God together for what's in our future. We are a family, and families move forward together. So back to my dream. In my dream 15 years ago, and I don't hear from God often in dreams. Steve is the dreamer. Um, I, I have probably can count on one hand when I've felt God speak to me this specifically in a dream. But we were walking um, in the early morning amongst a field that had broken foundations. It looked like it had been part of a bomb attack. So picture the scene. The mist is coming in. It's early morning, and we're walking through the ruins of these foundations. But we weren't alone. Jesus was walking with us, and he asked us one question, Steve and I. He said, will you rebuild the broken ruins? Would you rebuild the foundations? That was the one question he asked. And we said, yes, Lord, we will go. We will go and build the foundations. I could feel the brokenness of my Savior. I could feel the urgency of his heart. And this dream was instrumental in forming in us what God has called us as a church to do. Along with this dream, God spoke to us with scripture, confirming his heart. Isaiah 58 verse 12 says... Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. For 14 years, Church in the City has been rebuilding the foundations. It's been rebuilding the broken walls of our heart and the broken walls of the city. I don't believe that this is going to end I believe it's part of our DNA that we are still called to repair the broken walls of the people that walk through that door and to be asking God for strategy on how to repair the walls of the city. But there's a new word. Along with this age-old word, there's a new word. It's time to build above ground. We find ourselves in a new season We find ourselves with God's promise saying, church, there's more. There's more. Isn't it incredible that God has used this specific illustration to tie in with a word 15 years ago? 15 years he spoke about foundations, and now he speaks about bricks above ground. We serve a faithful God, a specific God. I'm excited. I'm so excited. God is a God of the generations, and he's a God of the big picture. He is invested in each one of your lives, and he's invested in this church. He is building something that is going to last through the generations, into the lives of our children and beyond. We need to believe him for that church, and you need to see God this way. He's not just a God of today. He's not just a God that we go to in our devotional and ask for things. He is invested in your life, and he is doing something for the bigger picture. 
I'm not a construction engineer by any means. I am a home engineer, a new word I heard about now, which I love. Not just a homemaker, I'm a home engineer. But I'm not a construction engineer. But I do know this, that the ratio of building underground is different to building above ground. I know that if you build good foundations underground, you can build tall structures above ground. We have built good foundations. And I don't mean to sound arrogant in that at all. But in our hearts, we have followed as closely as we can to the instructions that God has given this church, Church in the City. We have followed closely. We have made mistakes. But as best we can, we have built good foundations according to what he has called us to. Because we have built good foundations, I feel God is saying, go big. Go big. Ask me for big things. Dream about big things. My heart relates to David in that scripture we read where I say, who am I, Lord, that I can ask you for these things? Who are we as this beautiful group of people that God has been so incredibly faithful to us? But it's not us. It's him. It is our God, his heart for his people, his ways, his merciful, faithful heart that has given us the enabling and the ability to say, God, we want to dream big. We want to ask you for the impossible. Would you do this, Lord? Would you give us more? He wants this for us, church. He wants it. Because he loves us and because he loves his people and he loves the people that we are called to reach, the people out there that still need to hear about Jesus. This word, building above ground, is not just about our physical building. It's part of it. We are trusting God for our physical building, but this is much more. This is much more. It's a physical representation of what God is doing amongst us. Foundations are unseen. Bricks, mortar, glass, steel, it's seen. It's above ground. Our physical building we are trusting for is just part of this. But can you see the hand of God in the story that he is writing? It is not a coincidence that he said yes in this season to us trusting for a physical building because it's a physical demonstration of what God is doing spiritually amongst us. This building that we are trusting for represents something of what he's saying to us as a church. Believe me for more, for the impossible, for big things. And the building that we will walk into with air conditioning will just be another physical representation that God is saying, look what I have done, trust me for more. What do these bricks and mortar look like for us? I believe one of the main ones is salvations. We need to be trusting God for salvations. 
We need to be trusting God for his people. Another one is impact into the city. Impact that will come through various forms. New businesses, new church plants, new strategies of reaching moms, strategies of reaching students, strategies to reach, to reach children. Every sphere that each one of you represent. I believe God wants to say, I have more for you. I have more for you. There is great impact that we need to trust for. We position ourselves to catch his wind, to hear his heart, and to trust him that he will show us what those bricks and mortars are in our life as individuals and in our life as a a church. I also feel that we need to be bold in our faith. Because we've built good foundations, because we follow closely to the Lord, and because he is saying the whispers of his spirit The words in the wind are endorsing us to be bold. God's saying, go for it. If God's saying, go for it, we can go for it. We can be bold in our faith and bold in our action. This is not a season of small faith. Let God blow your mind. I wish you could see what's going on in the inside of me. I'm like the energizer bunny, but I'm just trying not to because it's not very graceful and it's extremely hot. (laughs) Along with bold requests comes bold faith and actions. We have said that we believe salvations are part of the more for us. It's part of the bricks. It's part of the mortar. But in order for us to have and to, to see the salvations, we have to ask for a bigger capacity to love God's people and to allow God's heart to penetrate ours. We will not be able to see salvation unless we grow our capacity to love God's people. That is how people come to know him, through the love that we show him, show them. They see him in us. Salvation starts with loving God's people like he loves them. By asking bigger capacity, for bigger capacity to love him, we need to understand that the request and the outworking of this request has to be made by the priesthood. Can I say that again? In order to see salvations, this priesthood has to ask together and act together. This is the only way. It is not something that's left up to the leaders. It's not something that's left up to the elders. It is something for each one of us to step into, to say, God, grow my capacity just to love your people. It's not hard. In ministry, there are hard things, let me tell you. And each time some hard things have happened, we've been like, God, please, no more. We're done. What do we do, Lord? What is the answer? Love my people. That's it. We can do that. And he does the rest. You guys can do it. You can love his people. As a priesthood, we grow our capacity together to love his people. We are all instrumental in reaching out. And we need to settle that we are part of this family. And if you haven't already, can I ask you, settle Whether it's this family or another family, but
but commit to a family so that you can grow alongside that priesthood of believers. It is for this reason we thank God for you. Oh, wait, that's a scripture. Let me read the scripture. 1 Thessalonians 2. God's people are his hope and his joy. And 1 Thessalonians says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. We are his glory and joy. But there is a city full of his glory and his joy. They just don't know. We need to tell them. So, if salvations are part of the bricks and the mortar, I spoke about huge impact too, being part of the bricks and the mortar. And impact, I feel like, comes with pioneering. And pioneering has always been part of this church. It's part of our DNA. And if you have joined us and you are part of this family, that means there is something in your heart that resonates with this heart of pioneering. And we are all called to pioneer, all of us. What does it mean to always be pioneering? For me, it means having an open heart to the creativity and strategy of our Father to reach his people. Can I say that again? To be always pioneering means having an open heart to the creativity and strategy of our Father to reach his people. How is God calling you to pioneer in your sphere? Is it in business? Is it in church plants? Is it in outreach? Or is it just loving his people? We have heard that there is more, that part of the more is building above ground. Part of the more is bricks and mortar that are seen, asking boldly and courageously for faith to step out and believe God for all that he has for us. But to do this, we need to position ourselves to catch his wind. And so I'm going to give us just a couple more points, and then we're going to be done and hopefully be able to pray. But in order to catch the wind of God, we need to make sure we don't become distracted. Steve shared about being distracted last week in a season of change. He shared about making sure we don't become less vigilant, that we don't compromise, and that we're not indifferent and find ourselves striving. That's the rowboat. But in order to catch the wind, we simply say, yes, Lord. We're here. We position ourselves. We position ourselves to catch the wind when we spend time with God, changing word of God. We position ourselves to catch the wind when we ground ourselves by the unchanging word of God. We position ourselves to catch the wind when we obey what we read. We position ourselves to catch the wind when we partner with our leaders and the family that God has placed around us. Commit to family. Commit to your local church, whether it be this one or another. We position ourselves to catch the wind when we belong. If this is your church family, you belong 
Now get involved. That's part of positioning ourselves to catch the wind. We position ourselves to catch the wind by being brave, by stepping out in faith, once God has made his purposes clear. And last but not least, we position ourselves to catch the wind when Jesus remains our first and our last, our beginning and our end. We keep our relationship with him at the forefront of everything we do. Love him and love his people. God is writing a beautiful story, and we are all part of it. I hope that you can see that he is faithful to finish what he has started in your life and in this church. We need to open our eyes to see the thread he is weaving. And I believe this morning that some of us need to see that God is a God of hope. I believe that there's some of you here this morning that have been dealt some hard blows and that your hope has been deferred. But in order for us to move forward into this word that God has for us, this word of more, this word of boldness, of courage, of faith, of building above ground, if we don't believe that God is a God of hope, and if we don't believe that he is for us, we will not be able to step out in faith. And we want to move forward together, church. We are a family. And if one of you is broken, we feel it. And so this morning, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God restores that hope, that you are able to step out in faith and believe that he is for you, that he's invested in you, and that he will finish what he started. I think that's it. I'm going to hand over to Steve. Um, But my heart is for you to leave here knowing just that one thing. So if you don't know, if you don't know that God is for you and you need reminding, please respond. Allow him to touch your heart. It's a now word, church. He wants to do this now. He wants to touch us and he wants us to move forward. Thanks again for listening. Subscribe on iTunes and visit us at churchinthecity.us. Church in the City, all of Jesus for everyone.